0: We teach them that two and two make four, and that Paris is the capital of France. When will we also teach them what they are? We should say to each of them, do you know what you are? You are a marvel.
1: Moving the Needles presents Sewing Change, a podcast exploring change in all of its forms. Change can be small, subtle, and nuanced and we're here to show you that you can be a change maker wherever you are. I'm your host, Toffee Char, and today's episode will be a little different and serve as a mid-season finale, if you will. For those of you who have followed the last five episodes and listened to the stories shared, I'm so grateful to have you on this journey with me of learning from folks creating change in such different career paths. But what you might not realize is that the Sewing Change podcast is created and produced by Moving the Needles, a global community and platform dedicated to using words to create change. And Sewing Change is only one part of what we do over at Moving the Needles. So for our mid-season finale, before we take a short break, we thought it would be appropriate to give you a glimpse into the other facets of what we do and the story behind it. Moving the Needles found its humble beginnings back in March of this year, 2020, right when COVID was starting to manifest in the form of social distancing and staying at home. I was just finishing up a personal endeavor and commitment called Project 31, where I vowed to write and publish at least 100 words a day for 31 days. At the end of Project 31, I wanted to go deeper and take my relationship with writing to the next level, and through conversations with my friend Fair in passing, led to the creation of the Moving the Needles publication. The publication's goal was to illuminate undercover changemakers to write about those doing good in the world in the broadest sense, with the hopes that writing about them could create even the slightest bit of change. And well, you know, move the needles? Long story short, The publication grew into writing workshops because people were telling me they couldn't write or didn't know how to write and I didn't believe that for one second. I believe that a writer is simply someone who writes. And then it grew into holding regular writing spaces for people to come together to connect, to reflect and be creative. And then it grew into a series of wellness writing sessions, and then this podcast, and oh my gosh, we've come so far and expanded so much that I had to take this opportunity to take a step back to reflect and to bring in Fair, my co-founder, without whom this would not have been possible. Fair and I met in college, and then coincidentally went to the same grad school, and have stayed in close contact over the years. She's always been there as a soundboard to help me bounce ideas and brainstorm, and I'm so grateful she was there when the idea of moving the needles began to take shape. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Fair and hear about the birth and growth of moving the needles from her perspective, as well as any advice she has for those of you out there passionate about an idea or starting something. Fair, I'm so glad you're here on Sewing Change for a conversation about Moving the Needles. It's great to have a chance to talk about it, too. Great. So I have a very clear story and narrative I tell about how Moving the Needles began. But I'm curious to hear about how it began from your perspective.
0: From my perspective, I think this began as a project Um, on your end that I wanted to help out with. Uh, But we saw that a lot of people weren't confident in writing and they weren't also able to find time to write just a 500 or 800 word article about a topic that could be anything. I then also reflected and thought about it myself and I was personally struggling with that too. Um, I struggled with my own voice. I struggled with finding time to write, so moving the needles was also an introspective journey for me to ask myself why I wasn't confident, why I wasn't able to write as freely and boldly as I wanted to. Along with the workshops that we hosted, we started seeing this common theme of people wanting to express themselves through writing but found it challenging. I think then we realized that we really needed to build a community and a support group And so that's where Moving the Needles began.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you were able to have a moment of introspection for yourself because before you jump into something, I guess you also want it to be meaningful for you. And it seems like this supportive space is a common theme that I'm seeing now in all our events and something I can consistently hear from our community. But I I guess I want to go back. Um, So take me back to... The humble beginnings of moving the needles, and talk to me about some of the challenges we faced in
0: the beginning. Wow, so many. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember in the beginning, it was just both of us doing everything and mm-hmm. struggling to juggle all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we quickly realized that we had to find people to support us, mm-hmm. to find a team of interns and asking people for support. Mm-hmm. And then that came another issue: mm-hmm. is how do we lead and glue these people together? Yeah, right. Because we got friends who helped, stepped in. We also helped. Uh, we also sorry recruited interns, mm-hmm. and we had to lead. We had to manage. Yeah, does delegate work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was another challenge that we usually don't think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you also want to be able to lead and grow a team culture, mm-hmm. right? In the in a way that is meaningful for them, and in, the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the way that speaks to who we are and our mission.
0: Mm-hmm. I think mentorship was a huge aspect mm-hmm. for us uh, to help our team grow and aligning on a mission and expand. I think then that (laughs) came the the, this other issue is how do we grow how do we expand because it's quick to start um plateauing right Mm, we started to plateau in terms of community engagement in terms of getting new people new faces we explore different ways whether that's word of mouth um marketing through social media i think we quickly found out that that was not effective yeah that was terrible (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you would think that facebook and instagram those algorithms would be so effective i remember posting the first advertisement ever and i was like well tomorrow we're gonna get 20 signups um but no that didn't happen
1: yeah that's the thing too it's like a funnel where you you blast yourself out there but From getting to eyeballs on that post or that advertisement to actually getting people to sign up for our events, we saw a huge amount of attrition and we still see it now. Yeah.
0: And that really, though, kind of answered our question. I think from just trial and error, we realized that kind of this organic marketing, the word of mouth is so important that... We can bring in more facilitators to our sessions to grow our community, and that's how we can do it, is just really organically reaching out to friends and friends of friends, and hopefully that friends of friends will reach out to their friends. So it's just spreading your words there.
1: Yeah, it really sounds like there were a lot of logistical administrative hurdles that we didn't imagine, Talk to me a little bit about any personal challenges um, or anything to do with the actual writing
0: events or the writing space themselves. Oh, um, I have a few for sure. I think one personal challenge that jumps out to me, and I think it's still a challenge now, is operating on uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So how do we want to grow, shift, pivot, being on my toes and realizing that there's no one way to do a thing. There are multiple ways and we have to get creative about it. Sometimes I think we can really get stuck on our first idea and so realizing and learning that we can always ideate, we can always pivot and change. Um, So I'm still learning that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a lot of iteration that went into creating all our different programs, a lot of trial and error, a lot of being really open to suggestions and feedback. And, you know, I, I can honestly say I'm really proud of where we are today. Um, so can you tell our listeners, you know, what, what, we, what do we do at
0: Moving the Needles? What are
1: some <laughs> of the programs we offer? We you know we've talked about all these challenges, but yeah, what
0: do we actually do? So we have a publication and a podcast, this beautiful Sewing Change podcast. Um, Our programs, we have kind of three distinct ones. We have a Writers in Residence program. So that's our uh, writing workshops and also one-on-one check-ins for people who want to write for our publication. And then we have our Writing Veranda, which is a 45-minute writing session, free for all, uh, we host that weekly. It's really a space for people to come to journal, or write, and meet new people at the same time. It's a very low-stake, very comfortable and safe space. And then lastly, we have wellness writing, and that is really focusing on writing for your mental health and mental well-being. We, From our research, we really saw that writing can boost And really help you manage your emotions and boost your well-being. So with that program, we focus more on a mental health aspect and writing for your mental health.
1: Yeah, like more of an introspection reflection.
0: Compared to writing for where you can be creative and crazy about it.
1: Absolutely. And I think what's really cool about all of these spaces or these programs we've created is that people can express themselves and write and be Mm. themselves And it's something that I keep hearing um, from other people. So what do you think the beating heart of Moving the Needles is? Is it the writing or is it something else?
0: The beating heart of Moving the Needles is the community and its vulnerability. I think writing is just a medium. It is just a vehicle that draws out that vulnerability in people. It's a tool for us to share stories and thoughts and experiences and feelings so that others can understand us more, so that we can be more compassionate and have more empathy.
1: I completely agree. I think we might be seen as a writing community, and writing is the core of what we do, but I don't think that's necessarily it. I think it's about using the words to tell stories, to express our thoughts, and to do so in an environment that is so safe and supportive. So with that being said, who do you think Moving the Needles appeals to?
0: Moving the Needles appeals to those who seek genuine connections, who seek a space for them to introspect and reflect, and people who want to make a difference in the world.
1: And what would you say to people who say they aren't writers or they can't write?
0: I would say no one is born with a pen or pencil in their hand. We all have to pick up that pen and pencil. We all have to develop and learn that skill. We are writers when we write.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And where do you see Moving the Needles going in the future? What hopes do you have for it?
0: I have really high hopes for Moving the Needles, of course. And I really believe in the power of this community. I see our programs um, expanding. I see Writing Veranda and Wellness Writing becoming, um, having local chapters and hubs so that we have facilitators from different parts of the world hosting their own writing veranda or wellness writing and engage in their own community. I want it to become a way for people to come together, just like how eating bonds people together as a social activity. I want writing and being vulnerable to be an aspect of people's Mm. daily lives.
1: Mm. I love that. I smile just picturing and envisioning that happening. I think what we're doing has the potential to grow to be just that. And well, you know, weather many more challenges and storms and working towards that vision. For sure. And for now, what has been your favorite
0: part about the Moving the Needles journey? There are so many. <laughs> if I have to choose one, it would be the connections. And I would go a bit further and say, I've made friendships that I otherwise wouldn't have without moving the needles. People have been tremendously kind. There are also people who have really inspired me with their vulnerability and their eagerness to share and Mm -hmm. contribute Mm -hmm. to this community. Mm -hmm. Moving the Needles relies a lot on people's support and their random acts of kindness. We operate on this community uh, belief And so we have people stepping in, Judy making our art cover, our friends helping out, sharing the word. We have Sabrina and Shan Shan helping us hosting these writing verandas, um, Natty helping us with social media, Cole helping out with website design, just all these people. Yeah.
1: We Honestly, we would not be here without all these people volunteering their time, people who believe in the mission. And I think it's so cool that we can say we've made friends through this online, you know, space Mm. that we've never met in person, but they feel so, so real and close to, they feel, you know, like friends. And Mm -hmm. it's really cool because I got to meet someone in person Mm. who I met through Moving the Needles. And when (laughs) we met each other, it just felt like we were catching up. Mm. It just felt
0: so homey. Yeah. Yeah, I love that that aspect of home. Mm. It's, this community feels like home. It feels like mm. a, a place where we can belong. Mm. Well, I'm curious, what's your favorite part of Moving the Needle's journey?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes along the same lines as you. I think it's really about the people, you know, seeing people really opening up and forming genuine connections to see that this space and this work has helped lift the mood or has helped even one person is my favorite part and getting to work on the intersection of something i'm really passionate about and i care a lot about you know mental health mindfulness stories writing bringing people together all of that i think that's enough for me moving the needles was never about making money but rather just wanting to provide a space to help people and i think we've done that i hope we continue to do Mm. to do that
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. that's beautiful
1: So we're on Sewing Change, so I have to ask how do you think you are personally creating change with Moving the Needles?
0: I would refer back to the foundational framework that we came up with for Moving the Needles. So we believe that change comes in these three distinct levels, at the self, at the community, and at society. So, at the self level, I'm becoming much more bold. I am gaining my voice. I'm mm. gaining leadership skills mm-hmm. from bringing these people together, aligning everyone on the same mission and values, and redirecting and helping them direct them towards mm-hmm. their growth. Mm-hmm. At a community level, we are creating this community, We're supporting each other to mm-hmm. write, to learn, to grow. And I hope that with all of this, with this community that we've built, that we will inspire our society to become more accepting, more vulnerable, less judgmental, and more daring.
1: Absolutely. I relate to you on that personal front. I remember at the beginning of this, I was so doubtful. I had so much doubt in myself. I was like, no one's going to come to this writing workshop And even when people came the first time, the second time I was like, okay, people are not going to come. And I was so nervous. I had to write the script out for exactly (laughs) what I was going to say in these writing workshops. I remember that. Yeah. So I relate to you on that personal level, becoming more comfortable in myself as well. Okay. So we've talked about the journey of moving the needles, the challenges, where we are today. So I have to ask you about advice for folks who might have an idea and want to start their own project. So what does it take to get something from idea into fruition? What advice do you have for anyone looking to go down a more
0: entrepreneurial path? This might sound very straightforward, but it really is straightforward to take something from idea to fruition to act. My advice is do it. Don't overthink it. Mm. A lot of times, I think we get stuck because we're afraid. Mm -hmm. And we think that our first idea has to be perfect. Everything has to be aligned. Everything has to go well. It's the perfectionist in us. Mm. And we're also afraid of failure. So we stop ourselves from acting and from delivering, from executing, from making that idea happen because we're so scared. We just hold ourselves back. And I found that multiple times with myself as well. I had so many ideas, I just didn't act. Mm. I just didn't do it. So really, to get something from ideas into fruition, just do it. Just
1: do it. Yeah, Nike got it right. Yeah, <laughs> Nike got it right. No, I really relate to that because I remember at the beginning when I when we we had these conversations about moving the needles, and you were like, "Why don't you just you know host a writing workshop?" And I was like, "But, but what about?" this and I don't have people and like but what you know I just had so many Mm buts and in my head it just sounded like such a large project so I think another layer I'd add to just do it or just act is break it down into small chunks do the first step that Mm -hmm. will take you to that thing that you want to do and then keep taking the next step take that small
0: step whatever it is Mm -hmm. and also what you said a lot we have a lot of Mm buts but one thing that you Mentioned, I think that really is also is now sticking with me is the, don't say yes but,
1: yes yes and, and. yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep. Yeah. It's a really powerful mindset because mm-hmm. it opens you up into more possibilities. Mm-hmm. You just need to be creative. So along the same lines of you know asking for advice, what's an inspirational book or quote that you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: There's one particular quote that I. Absolutely love and adore uh, from Pablo Casals. So I'll read that if you don't mind. Go for
1: it. I've heard it before, but I, I would love to hear it again.
0: Each second we live in a new and unique moment of the universe, a moment that never was before and will never be again. And what do we teach our children in school? We teach them that two and two make four, and that Paris is the capital of France. When will we also teach them what they are? We should say to each of them, Do you know what you are? You are a marvel. You are unique. In all of the world, there is no other child exactly like you. In the millions of years that have passed, there has never been another child like you. You may become a Shakespeare, a Michelangelo, a Beethoven. You have the capacity for anything. Yes! Yes! You are a marvel, and when you grow up, can you then harm another who is like you? A marvel? You must cherish one another. You must work, we must all work, to make this world worthy of its children.
1: Wow. It still gets me every time hearing that quote, because it just brings you back to humanness and connection, and that each of us have a place in
0: this world. It's really what moving the needles is all about. I was
1: about to say.
0: It's realizing and appreciating. Appreciating that everyone is a marvel. We're all so uniquely different, mm-hmm. but we're also uniquely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we have to respect each other, love each other, and grow together. Absolutely. I
1: think that is a wonderful note to end on. Is there anything else you'd like to add to? This episode that I haven't already asked you,
0: (laughs) I think we covered a lot of ground. (laughs) I am excited to see what the future holds for Moving the Needles, and I am enormously grateful for the community that made this possible. I'm always filled with gratitude. I'm also super proud of our team, who are all women of color. I think it's a very rare thing to see in this modern world still, um, but I'm very proud of us.
1: I echo those sentiments to those of you in our community listening. We really thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of our journey and growth because without you, there would be no Moving the Needles. And for those of you listening and saying to yourself, hey, this sounds interesting, we'd love to have you in our community. Head over to movingtheneedles.org to learn more about our work events and how you can be a part of Moving the Needles. To summarize, Today, I talked to my co-founder, Fair, about the journey of Moving the Needles, a global community and platform, creating change through words and writing, and also the community that sewing change is a part of. Fair shared challenges we faced in the beginning, juggling many responsibilities and roles, gluing a team together, and operating on uncertainty. She also reflected on the tremendous growth we've been able to achieve through the kindness of our community. And people like you, and the exciting future of moving the needles to expand globally by having local hubs and chapters. And she gives advice to anyone out there looking to make their idea a reality, and she says that all you have to do is take action. So fair, since you're here today, would you like to take the honor of doing the outro for our episode?
0: Oh yes, I am honored (laughs) to. If you liked today's episode, please do subscribe to Sewing Change on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do give us a review. Our episode today would not have been possible without Linda Tran and myself, and also, most importantly, the most wonderful host, Toffee Char, who has been producing, editing, and doing all the work behind the scenes to make this Sewing Change podcast possible. Special thanks to Judy Chen for designing our podcast cover as well. My name is Fair Pisuchisaran, and I'm Toffee Char, and this is, is Sewing, Sewing Change. Change.